Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Well, hello, queens. This is Trina Needy, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day and, as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas, guess what, a huge success. Now, I trust that you all had a beautiful weekend and that you are ready to be productive for the new week. Our theme this month of September is a theme that we all need to revisit and take a look at because as we move towards the end of this year, we still want to see some success. So I mean, it's rebranding your business. Of course, how your customers, your clients receive your business, of course, it's the most important thing to closing the sale. But it really starts with you knowing your target market audience. It starts with you understanding the importance of building a reputation of trust, branding, and consistency. Boy, highlight that word, consistency. Consistency with your business. And, of course, at the root of rebranding your business, I truly believe is your belief system. You know, you've got to believe in your business and the concept and the idea that you created. No one can help you take your business to the next level like you. Okay, you can see coach, consultants, experts, someone can literally give you the blueprint and you still will not be as effective because your belief must be added to the mix. It must be the major part of the recipe for your success. Never forget that because so often as businesswomen, when we go and we look at why our businesses aren't being as successful or why we're not getting the results that we would like to see, we often have a tendency to look outside of ourselves instead of looking from within. But I'm here to tell you this morning, this beautiful day, that God intended for you to be successful. He intended for you to be a living testimony. He intended for you to build your legacy, to create financial success for yourself. All of those things you have the ability to do because you were pre-installed with that. Upon your birth, you were given the birthright to be the queen of your empire. And so, again, this is just a really good day to get out that notebook, to take some really good notes, to write down some questions that might come up. I'm sharing with you today on how to conduct market reach, okay? So last uh, last week we introduced to you the theme, Rebranding Your Business, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about conducting, conducting your market research. I'm going to give you a few tips and resources that I want you to follow up with because this is one of those things that I have always known that men or women who are in business tend to run away from the market research, but in actuality, statistics have proven time and time again that those people who have a handle on the pulse beat of their target audience, who understand their industry, who understand their market, stand to earn 50% more than those people who are just 
hustling every day doing the business, but never really trying to understand the industry that they are in. And so I want you guys to take that to heart. I want to thank all of you who have joined the show today. I see that we have a packed board. And so, again, thank you, thank you for joining. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach. And, of course, the show, again, is sponsored by WomenAboutBiz.net. If you haven't already, make sure you go over to WomenAboutBiz.net. That's B-I-Z as in zebra. WomenAboutBiz.net and sign up for our free membership, right? That's the first step. I always have a lot of people say, hey, how do I join? What do I do? I'm ready to pay. But you know, at Women About Biz, it's not all about the money with us. It's all about the quality, the value of the individual who wants to join. We want you to get familiar with who we are and what we do able to read our articles. We want you to be able to gradually work your way into being a part of our family of businesswomen who believe in being the queens of their empire. And so, again, I invite you to sign up as a free member right there on the website at womenaboutbiz, that's B-I-Z as in zebra, dot net. So go there now if you can. Get yourself signed up as a free member. If you're already a member, stay tuned because we've got some really great articles coming out in regards to rebranding your business. And what we have mentioned on the show, we're going to be doing in detail in these articles. So stay tuned for that as well. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our first show theme for rebranding your business, you can do that by visiting womenaboutbiz.net and clicking on podcast. And on the right-hand side, there's the podcast player right there for you, um, and you will be able to listen to the previous broadcast. Now, you can do that whether you're on your smartphone, uh, your iPad, notepad, or your laptop, right? But you can also, if you have um, iPhone, you can go to podcast, look up Successful Woman Radio, and mark it as a favorite, and there. Therefore, uh, the show will give you a notification when the recording is ready. Okay, so again, I'm so glad to say hello to every everyone who has joined us for the show today. We've got a great lineup. In addition to our theme that we'll be discussing today on rebranding your business, um, I'm going to be giving you the five questions of leadership. As many of you know, these are questions that I Uh, give every Monday. They're the same questions, but depending on if you have actually been answering the questions for yourself, they will help you to hone in on your leadership. It will help you to discover uh, some areas of business that perhaps need improvement or enhancement, and it's also going to really help you to be that leader and CEO that you need to be for your business. So definitely, as you take notes for the show today, don't forget to continue to take those five new questions of leadership. And of course, I always choose a particular area within those questions that I will focus on as well. We are still running with the book. Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Now, listen up, queens. It is important for you to know all about your subconscious mind. You know, I didn't learn about my subconscious mind and really the power of the subconscious mind. I had heard those two words, but I really didn't what those two words were all about. But when I learned about my subconscious mind, 
It unleashed the power within me. It had me having so many aha moments. It helped me to understand who I was, why I did the things I did, why I thought the way I thought. It helped me to understand all about my belief system and why I needed to correct some things that were false within my belief system. It really helped me to become what I would consider um, the queen of my empire. It helped me to be happy with who I am as a woman. It also helped me to have uh, more of, I would say, more extensive visions and understanding how to really, really influence my own personal power. So, again, I want to encourage all of you who have not purchased the book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Listen, this needs to be a part of your success library. Now, you do have a success library, right? You know, because that's so very, very important for you to have a compilation of books, audios, reports, white papers, different things on different topics um, that you are interested in as you pursue your passion, as you pursue what it is that you want to do with your business. So I just wanted to make sure uh, that you added this book to your success library. It's uh, 10 minutes after the hour. We've got uh, a wonderful show lined up for you today. And again, if you just tuned in, you're listening to no other than the Successful Woman Radio Show. So excited that you are here uh, with us today. I want to go ahead right now. We're going to go right back to the five new questions of leadership, starting with question number one, which your functionality today, right? There are two ways you could go on this, right? There's only two ways for functionality. You're either procrastinating or you're an action taker. And, you know, I've always about this and I've always said that, hey, I, I used to be the president of the procrastination club, right? And I think probably one of the reasons why I procrastinated a lot had a lot to, to do with childhood some things I experienced as a little girl, maybe not speaking up, maybe building a fear uh, within myself. And I, and, and I think that that kind of carried out a little bit there. And so I began to procrastinate on certain things that I really, really wanted to do, caring too much about what other people thought, right? And that's not un, unusual. That is, that's actually a common denominator sometimes amongst women because we, sometimes we get into that mode of being perfect when in actuality we should not be perfect uh, in trying to do everything in life, but we should be striving for perfection, which is a difference, okay? That's a huge difference. So as you go about your day each day, you should be paying attention to your functionality. You should be paying attention to what mode you are in. Because let me tell you, sometimes the subconscious mind can trick you, and you'll start being busy, being busy, thinking that you're doing things that are productive for the day, and then at the end of the day, you go back and you look and you haven't done any of the things that you had set out to do for your business, right? Instead, you have been kept busy doing everything else. So again, you want to be an action taker. You want to be the queen of action. And uh, one of the things that I think is so very key about asking yourself this question about functionality is that you've got to get real, you know, because as women, we have this tendency to 
answer a question even to ourselves of what we want to hear and not what's real, the truth of the matter, right? So the question is, what's your functionality? Are you a procrastinator or an action taker? Here's number two. Are you on target this week with your sales and profit goals this or this week or month? So here we are at the top of the week. So I would say I would ask myself this question for the month. So far, am I on target with my sales or profit goals? Now, you know, in order to even begin to answer this question, you already have to have set sales and profit goals, right? And the real way to do this whole thing with sales and profit goals is that you really should know what your sales and profit goals are for the full year so that it may be broken down into quarters and then by month and then by week. Depending on your industry, though, sometimes weekly is not feasible, right? It's not possible for that. Sometimes you have to look at it overall, what what are my sales for the month? Very, very important. But after you have determined that, after you have asked yourself that question, right, you then need to look at number three, which is what offers do you need to create to reach them, okay? I want to slow down here when we're talking about offers you need to create to reach your target sales and profit goals because sometimes I think uh, a lot of business owners get this mixed up, okay? So when offers, that word offers is mentioned in relevance to sales and profit goals, it means, number one, what are you offering as a product or a service that is valued by others in your industry or others who are looking to get something from your industry? The other thing, though, is that in order for people to know who you are and for you to establish an expertise or, a, or an authority or a desire for them to want your product, you also have to create what's called a compelling offer. Right now, that compelling offer, don't forget, is some is most of the time free of charge, but it's giving individuals the opportunity to get used to your brand, get used to who you are, what your company does, and it allows them to start building that trust every time you offer something. See, of which you should offer something. It varies, and it depends on what type of business that you have, right? I mean, if you have a service-oriented business, you might do a free consultation offer um, that might be for the quarter, and you might then set about creating a campaign around that offer so that it not only helps you to build your mailing list, but it also brings about new prospects for you to turn into clients or customers, right? But if you have a product-oriented business, then you might decide for the for at least six months that you're going to offer a particular product that is popular or that you want to build your brand around. You may decide to offer that product at a discount, or you may decide to sample that product. If you are a caterer or if you are a baker, and you bake the world's best brownies, then you may want to sample that product um, in different places, right? You may even decide you can mail a sample a sample brownie to different people. It depends on what your budget is. So when you're talking about creating offers, 
you've got compelling offers, you've got your actual service and product offers, right? You've got uh, special holiday offers. You've got different types of offers that you can create. It's up to you to determine based off of your uh, know, you knowing your target market and based off of your market research, it's up to you to determine what is going to be um, your valued offer, right? What offer are you going to get, however, to first start the ball rolling? And that's the compelling offer. It will get the ball rolling, but you've got to determine what that's going to be. And it really does have to be of some value. You know, uh, it can be anything from a report to a checklist to how to, uh, how to do something. It could be an audio, but it needs to be something that's relevant so that you can display your expertise and pique the interest of others, okay? Here's number four, okay? Number four is your marketing strategy in place. We talk about this all the time. I've mentioned this countless times over the years of the show, but somehow I feel that most business women, this is one of those things that overwhelms them about creating a marketing strategy, and they're not really understanding what that marketing strategy is. This is why I decided to focus on, for the month of September, rebranding your business because I feel that it is a topic that I can break down in a way that may help you to understand its importance and may help you to to reach out and find the right consultant to help you to rebrand your business, right? So when you ask yourself on number four, is your marketing strategy in place, really is talking about have you researched, have you come up with uh, marketing methods or trends of marketing methods to use so that you can get the word out there about your business? How are you going to do it? That's what the marketing strategy answers. What's your goal? What results are you looking to get from your marketing, such as the sales, your leads, uh, and then how? What are the what are the methods you're going to use? The how of the marketing, right? And so there are four core areas I want you to always remember that you need to include in your marketing strategy in this twenty. Here we go: social media, advertisement, email sequences, and videos. Those are the four things that you need to keep in mind because they all four should be used and implemented in your current strategy and strategies in the future. Okay, now I want to hit right here on videos for a moment because that is one of the areas that a lot of business women have a tendency to say, well, you know, I don't have a problem with talking, but something happens to me when I just start trying to do the video. It just doesn't work out. I stumble all over myself. And I want to give you guys a tip on this. This is, this is one thing that I've learned. First of all, it's nothing wrong with you practicing. You know, it, it's like here we have, uh, examples uh, in movies and on documentaries. We have, but these people practice. They didn't just go and start learning their roles and then get on television and start talking. They practice, right? So if you feel you need to practice, then all you need to do is just get on Zoom or StreamYard, whichever you know uh, media uh, software you use. And start practicing, but it all starts with you creating a short script for yourself, right? 
creating a script for yourself, I think, is very important because it helps you to stay focused on what you're trying to talk about, and it stops you from venturing off and and having nervous uh, nervous speaking. And nervous speaking will cause you to, to fly off and to start talking about everything under the sun with the exception of what you were trying to talk about, Right. So if you're if you're one of those people that you know you you've got a little apprehension when it comes to videos, I suggest that number one, you start with the script. Number two, I suggest that you also take a look at other people who have done videos in your industry and the ones that attract you. You know, take notes. What are they saying? You know, what seems to be the appeal. Uh, take take notes of that. Now, also, there's a resource that I want to give you as far as videos are concerned, um, and I am looking for it right now, so I'm just going to um, pull it up. But there is, if you use if you use iPhone or Android, there is a teleprompter system um, that you can get. It's only a, it's under $100. I do know that. But there is a teleprompter system that you can get, and it really, really helps out. Uh, one of the best ones I have ever seen. And what this teleprompter does is it allows you to record from your uh, video record from your phone with a teleprompter, meaning that people can't see the words that are scrolling big on your screen, but you can. And um, it's actually called teleprompter. So if you go to your marketplace or uh, your apps in, on your iPhone, look up the word teleprompter, and you should be able to find it. Again, as I said before, it's really, really good. It really allows you um, to create um, scripts and have those scripts roll up just like a teleprompter, uh, just as professional as they do it on television and for other types of recordings, and you will be able to seem like you're just naturally talking. And so that's another way uh, to do it as well. But again, videos are becoming more and more popular. Uh, but I do want to let you also know that audios are back. You know, a lot of people are using audios in a lot of different ways. As we know, the social media platform Clubhouse, which is really, you know what Clubhouse reminds me of? Clubhouse reminds me of um, talk radio. Uh, talk radio was a huge, huge thing, especially in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, and as the Internet began to take precedence, Talk radio slowed down a lot, um, and then, of course, we all went to the Internet, and, of course, we listened to podcasts, we listened to other types of audio, such as Audible and books and different things like that. But Clubhouse really brought back the format for talk radio. And if you haven't tried or looked at the social media platform Clubhouse, go take a look at that, right? Uh, I think you'll find it very, very interesting because it really does mimic uh, the old-fashioned talk radio. But I think there's a way for us to use audios as well. But it is still, as far as I know, still the Direct Marketing Association is saying videos, number one, uh, get twice as much responses as all of the others, okay? 
And, of course, email. We're never going to do without the email because email was the first, uh, basically, of everything as far as communication was concerned that had to do with the Internet. So email is not leaving. I think what's key here to remember is that people will pay attention if you got something to say. You just have to make sure that the subject line is of interest to other people. And that's what you have to work on is understanding how to use the right type of content in all of these areas that I have mentioned. So, again, Videos, I gave you uh, a resource there. It's called Teleprompter. You can go on your Android or your iPhone app and look up Teleprompter. It's under $100, but it is so worth it. If, you, if you're needing um, to, you know, after you create your script, you want to just see everything in that Teleprompter, it allows you to do that. Um, another quick tip on videos as well is, you know, I remember I told you that you should be practicing. So when you take your script and you do and you practice and test videos, grade your own self. You don't even have to share it with anybody. You know what you know what looks good and what doesn't. You know what you feel sounds good and what doesn't. Grade yourself on your videos, right? But the one thing you want to be very careful of, and again, that is getting in that mode of analysis paralysis, right? You know, when you analyze the heck out of something so much you get in that perfection mode to where it's never going to be good enough, right? Don't do that. Little mistakes on videos are perfectly okay. As a matter of fact, I did videos where I've said, oops, you know, I'm sorry, guys, I've got a little bit of an allergy. Let's keep moving on with the topic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm not going to redo all of that over when I said some good things that really need to stay in that video, right? So, again, remember, as you allow yourself to make small mistakes and keep moving in the video instead of stopping and starting all the time, you will develop a, a ease with doing videos. You will develop a natural habit and a comfort of doing videos, and that's when you can start strengthening the other skills to help you to really do some fantastic training videos, uh, intro videos that you want to do, uh, and, and your, your comfort level will go to, go to 10, from 1 to 10. It, it really will. Last but not least, as we look at the five new questions of leadership, number five is one of my favorites, and that is ask yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, what's my belief level? On a scale of 1 to 10, what's my belief level, okay? As you guys know, I have been an advocate to help women understand the power of belief, and I've also been an advocate to help women understand that just because we say we believe, it still may not be the right belief level. Sometimes if you feel like you believe, but you're not, you're not really getting any results, you thought you believed, but results are still not coming your way, Sometimes the level of the belief you have may not be in the right place. It may not be at the right position. And I'll say it, I'll say it again, though, one of the highest forms of belief is unshakable faith. That level of belief so deeply rooted within you, honey, it compels you. Compel. Compel means that you can't sit still. It compels you to take swift and immediate action on all of your dreams, on all of the goals, on everything that you want. So get this, if you're taking action, I'm just going to tell you the truth. 
You should be seeing goals accomplished. Your to-do items should be marked complete on your checklist every day at the end of the day. Things should be happening, right? And I know I've been I've been challenged with this, I would say, with this philosophy of mine. It's about it really is your belief system that holds you back. I'm a firm believer of it, right? Why is that? I tested it. I've tried it on myself. I have used it. And I can tell you without a doubt, I can be that living testimony to you to say that when you get your belief level to the level that it needs to be, watch out because there's nothing that you cannot do. And that is something that's very, very key. It is 28 minutes after the hour. You are listening to no other than the Successful Woman Radio Show. I want to thank all of you who have joined us for the show today. For those of you that are new, Successful Woman Radio is all about you, keeping you motivated, encouraged, and inspired to create a successful life, generating the income that you desire. So, ladies, if you're new to the show, make sure you mark your calendar for every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time and be empowered with information that you're going to be able to put to use literally right away every day in your business. Again, if you'd like to listen to previous broadcasts, don't forget to visit us at womenaboutbiz.net. Again, womenaboutbiz.net, that's B-I-Z as in zebra.net, and click on podcast and you'll be able to listen to the show. Um, I want to talk to you guys today about something that is dear to my heart, and that is fear. I want to talk to you how I eliminated my fear and how I have made pacts with myself to overcome certain types of fears and why I want you to understand uh, fear itself. And I'm going to be reading an excerpt to you from the power of your subconscious mind, okay? Uh, in In the chapter on fear of the book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy, he basically gives you some stories of different people and how they have overcome their fear. I want to just read a little bit of it, but I want you to go back. It's in Chapter 19. I want you to go back, and I want you to read those stories for yourself because I'm not going to go over all of them, but I will be skipping towards the end as he gives us some steps on overcoming fear with our subconscious mind. But let's go ahead and get started with a book excerpt from, again, the book, The Power of your subconscious mind. In chapter 19, the author Joseph Murphy says, how to use your subconscious mind to remove fear is something of importance. He said, one of our students told me that he was invited to speak at a banquet. He said he was panic-stricken at the thought of speaking before a thousand people. But he overcame his fear this way. For several nights, he sat down in an armchair for about five minutes and said to himself, Slowly, quietly, and positively, I am going to master this fear. I am overcoming it now. I speak with poise and confidence. I am relaxed and at ease. He operated a definite law of mind and overcame his fear. You see, the subconscious mind is amenable to suggestion, and it's controlled by suggestion. When you steal your mind and relax the thoughts of your conscious mind, Think down into the subconscious through a process similar to osmosis. 
whereby fluids separated by a porous membrane intermingle as these positive seeds or thoughts sink into the subconscious area. They grow after their kind, and you become poised, serene, and calm. Okay? He says it is said that fear is man's greatest enemy. Fear is behind poor human relations. Millions of people are afraid of the past, the future, old age, insanity, and death. Fear is a thought in your mind, and you are afraid of your own thoughts. He says a little boy can be paralyzed with fear when he is told there is a boogeyman under his bed who is going to take him away. When his father turns on the light and shows him there is no boogeyman, he is freed from the fear. The fear in the mind of the boy was as real as if there really was the so-called boogeyman. He was healed of a false thought in his mind. The thing he feared did not exist. Likewise, most of your fears have no reality. They are merely a conglomeration of sinister shadows, and shadows have no reality. This is very true. He says, when you affirm positively that you are going to master your fears and you come to a definite decision in your conscious mind, you release the power of the subconscious which flows in response to the nature of your thought. He says, one time a young lady was invited to an uh, audition. She had been looking forward to the interview. However, on three previous occasions, she had failed miserably due to stage fright. She possessed a very good voice, but she was certain that when the time came for her to sing, she would be seized with stage fright. The subconscious mind takes your fears as a request, proceeds to manifest them, and brings them into your experience. Now, I want to stop right here because I want to back up. I'm going to read this again because I need some of you to have an aha moment on this because he just told us exactly what happens between the conscious and the subconscious mind. He says the subconscious mind takes your fears as a request, okay? So when you have fear in the conscious, your subconscious is basically receiving a request from your conscious mind, okay? And then it proceeds to manifest whatever the conscious mind is pushing back into the subconscious mind and brings them into your experience. Wow, right? This is something that you really have to think about because our thoughts are everything. This is why, as a side note, I talk about all the time preparing your mind for greatness and why it is so important. Ladies, you've got to understand that if you want, and this is important for you to hear, if you want to be successful in your business, you've got to stop so much of this thinking, thinking going on. You gotta cut it out. You gotta every time you think of an idea, you gotta stop shooting yourself down, right? Every time you wanna do something, you gotta stop thinking about what everybody else is is thinking of about you. You gotta stop so much of this thinking because believe it or not, it's sending a request into your subconscious mind to give you the very thing that you don't want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully some of you are having that aha moment. Very, very important, okay? 
And he goes on to talk about this young lady who had fear on her additions and how she had failed in all the additions because of the fear. He says, but she overcame it by following this technique. She, three times a day, she isolated herself in a room. She sat down comfortably in an armchair, relaxed her body, and closed her eyes. She stilled her mind and body to the best of her ability. Physical inertia faces passivity and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion. She counteracted the fear suggestion by its converse, saying to herself, I sing beautifully. I am poised, serene, and confident, and calm. She repeated the words slowly, quietly, and with feeling from five to ten times at each sitting. She had three such sittings every day and one immediately prior to sleep at night. At the end of the week, she was completely poised and confident and gave a definitely outstanding audition. Okay? He suggests that we carry out the above procedure and eliminate our own fears. Okay? This is very, very key. So, again, there are several stories within the topic of how to overcome fear, but since fear tends to be amongst women as the number one thing women say as the reason why they are not achieving success, I felt that I needed to share it with you today because somebody is listening on the show today that really needs this. So here's how he says we should step away from fear, okay? He says step this way to freedom from fear. Number one, do the thing you're afraid to do, and the death of fear is certain. The meaning. I am going to master this fear, and you will. Here's number two. Fear is a negative thought in your mind. Supplant it with a constructive thought. Fear has killed millions. Confidence is greater than fear. Nothing is more powerful than faith in God and the good. Here's number three. He says, fear is man's greatest enemy. It is behind failure, sickness, and bad human relations. Love casts out fear. Love is an emotional attachment to the good things in life. Fall in love with honesty, integrity, justice, good, goodwill, and success. Live in the joyous expectancy of the best, and invariably the best will come to you. Counteract the fear suggestions with the opposite, such as, I sing beautifully, I am poised, serene, and calm. It will pay fabulous dividends. He says fear is behind amnesia at all written examination time. You can overcome this by affirming frequently, I have perfect memory for everything I need to know. So, This is the thing that you have to understand about fear, and this is what has helped me to overcome fear. It is I have created a pact with myself. And you guys know I talk about that word pact is stronger than a promise, okay? I've created a pact with myself that no matter about my fears or what I'm feeling or caring about what others are thinking, I'm going to take the action anyway. And I am in acceptance that it may work and it may not, but it doesn't really matter because I have deemed myself to take the action, get the action out there, and stop being so worried about if it's going to fail or not. Remember, failure is also a recipe for success as long as you don't keep repeating the same thing. Failure allows you to see what not to do. Failure allows you to see what you should have done right? Failing and go ahead and fail forward. 
go ahead and eliminate that fear by making a pact with yourself that you are going to take the action anyway. This is why becoming a queen of action is so very, very important. You can't have an empire, meaning the assets, the businesses, the different things, the successes you want in your business. You can't be the queen of your own empire if you're not the queen of action, right? And action is the antidote to fear. Every single time, if you take the action, I can guarantee you the fear will subside and eventually get the heck up out of there, okay? Very, very key. So, ladies, we're going to end this excerpt right now uh, from the book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, but please make sure you get your copy and add it to your success library. I'm going to go ahead right now and talk about – you know, market research. This is something that a lot of people have asked questions about over the years, and we've covered it in many, many ways. Um, of course, we can't cover everything in this show, but I do want to get you on the right path of understanding what it is and give you a couple of resources uh, to turn to. So first of all, when I started my business, I can remember my first business was a cleaning business a couple of decades ago, several decades ago, okay? I didn't have a clue what the term market research really meant. And, of course, I felt overwhelmed with that word research. All I wanted to do was simply start my cleaning business and start making some money. However, I soon learned that understanding important information was needed in order for me to properly set the foundation for my business. So some of the main information included who were my potential customers, what did they look like, you know, what were their habits, how should I price my services, and what other services were already out there. These were all questions that are tied to what we call the market research analysis. And, yes, it really is important that this step not be skipped when planning your business, whether you're in the startup phase, whether you're in the growth phase, market research is a very huge key. Now, according to SBA, Small Business Administration, market research blends consumer behavior and economic trends to confirm and improve your business ideas and your business planning. So it's very important to understand the behavior for example, of your target customer or client. And market research allows you to get ahead of the curve by providing you with important statistics or facts to better understand people, okay? And that's very important for you to know. So, yeah, you can make some money without doing some market research and just kind of push it out there and hustle and say whoever uh, wants my service or product, you know, look at me. But is it going to be as effective as market research is out of the picture? No, it's not going to be as effective, okay? So the key here is for you to know is that statistics have proven that those business owners that perform consistent market research on a quarterly or biannual basis tend to earn 50% more than those that do not. Okay, so here's a way for you to increase the revenue in your business right away once you have done some really good market research. Market research is about collecting data, okay? And this is where I think a lot of women get overwhelmed, um, and not just because we're women. It's how we think. You know we're multitaskers. We're, 
we, we don't always stop to just do one thing at a time. Sometimes when you're collecting data, you have to really slow it down and you have to do one thing at a time. But there are some components of market research I want to let you know about, okay? Market research, again, is about collecting demographic information to better understand opportunities for gaining customers and clients. That's what it does, right? So some of the things you need to know about, number one, for example, is, is your product or service in demand, okay? Um, that may be done by studying, you know, your industry associations, um, you know, by looking at your industry trends, your market size, how many people uh, are possibly interested in your offer? How many people are actually purchasing your type of service or your type of product, Right. Um, there are also economic indicators such as, you know, Michael, my target client, what's the average income that my target client needs to have in order to afford my product or my service, right? Location, where do they live? Where do they hang out? What do they like, okay? There's also something called market saturation, okay, meaning how many people are in my industry are doing the same thing that I'm doing? Right, and then you can break down by uh, on a national level, on a regional level, and on a local level. How many people are doing the same thing? And now that the internet is in, in play for the last two decades, we also have to take a look at how many people are marketing this on the internet. We have to look at it. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't? But you've got to take a look at how can you be competitive with that. Okay, very, very important. So with that said, your market research has to be uh, about knowing about that demand, knowing about your market size, knowing about your target audience, knowing uh, about your competitors and what they are doing. That's very, very important. Uh, one of the things, one of the resources that I use often is I often uh, go to Google and I often, if I want to learn about Gee, if I want to learn about trends on business women or anything like that, I definitely can go to Google and I can set a uh, a Google search that will remind me um, on the different trends and things going on just on that subject. So Google has uh, Google has a lot of key. I would say they have a lot of key research tools that I think a lot of people don't know about that. Uh, all you have to do is go to Google and, and put use Google for trend, trending and research, and it will pull up the Google tools that are um, available to do just that, you know. And again, this isn't even, uh, there is no cost at this other than the cost of time. There's no cost to use this, you know. Um, so again, you can use Google to research different trends and different things going on, and it really, really does help, okay. Um, there is another tool that I really like as well uh, for trends and different things that, that happen over the Internet and in different industries, and it is called SEM Rush. So I'm going to say SEM Sam Edward Mann, okay, R-U-S-H.com, SEM Rush, better known as SimRush.com. And it's one of the biggest Google trend watchers of all. They have so many analytic tools. They have um, they have a lot of 
comparisons for websites. Like if you want to see other people's websites and how they're doing and even what advertising they're using, you can learn this on SEMrush, right? So it's a very good competitive and comparison analysis tool um, that you can actually use. Again, I'm just giving you guys a, a few tools that you may not have uh, you may not have known about that can be very, very useful as you are doing your market research analysis, okay? A few of the methods. Now I've told you about the kind of information that you have to pull together. A few of the methods that you may want to use to pull together depends on whether you are in business already or you are doing this as a business idea, okay? Now, I like surveys, especially whether you're starting a business or you're already in business, you can do surveys. You can, uh, if you're in business, you can do a survey in exchange for a gift item that encourages people to do the survey, right? Or you can do a survey, and all of those who do the survey will be invited to a special webinar, seminar. So those that questions that you have in the survey are all going to be designed to help you better understand that target customer and what they want more of. Questionnaires are very, very good as well. You can do a, uh, a create a PDF questionnaire and send questionnaires to different clients or customers or leads. Um, again, always having some type of um, a reward for them answering the questionnaire. Here's one of my favorites. I love focus groups. Focus groups are very good, um, because, especially for businesses that have not started yet. I like them for both, but for businesses that haven't started yet and you're still trying to get a grip on understanding your target market, here's what you do. The first thing you do is you try to build out a character profile for your target market audience. Okay, are they women, men, age level, income bracket, ethnicity? You want to look at all of that, religious beliefs if it's needed. Um, you want to look at all of that, right? Once you narrow down, this is what my profile, my target profile looks like. Give give it a name, I'm, uh, you know, Sally, John, Mary, Elizabeth. Give your target profile a name, right? And then once you do, you now have an idea of who that person is, then you can go about to set focus groups to invite people who fit that target profile, right? And many of you might even have friends that you know they like what you like and you are a target profile for your business. You can invite them to a focus group. Now, a focus group normally, um, there are two kinds. One can be conducted by you as the owner, and one can be conducted without you as the owner being a part of the focus group. I like the latter. Why? Because people have a tendency to tell the truth when the owner is not in the room, okay? So what I would do is, is look at having a, a marketing consultant or someone else conduct the market, the focus group for, for your marketing audience, right? And you want to know certain things, you know? You're going to have questions about the pricing of a product or a service. You're going to have questions about, you know, what would get them to be a customer. You're going to have questions about are they currently using the same type of service or product. You're going to have questions about what ideas do they, you know, how do they like the service or the product, 
right? So again, the focus group gives you the answers on how to hone in and improve on your service or on your product. Also, you can um, interview, you can do in-depth interviews with um, uh, potential customers, with uh, individuals that fit your target profile. You can do one-on-one interviews as well. Again, it is of my opinion, though, when you do focus groups, when you do one-on-one interviews, it's best to let someone else do it other than you because, um, number one, you may say something or come back with a question for them that's more of a defensive question because they may have said something that's constructive that you need to hear rather than you allowing them to speak their mind and have that freedom of expression. So it's important for you as the owner not to be involved, okay? So those are just some ideas about market research. And where do you, where do you get the information from? Well, the SBA has some excellent re, uh, free resources when you are trend searching, when you are looking for information on your um, on your industry, okay? And uh, they have the one thing I'm going to tell you to do is to go to sba.gov, that's G-O-V as in Victor, sba.gov. And when you go to sba.gov, up in the right-hand corner, click on the little uh, magnifying glass symbol to search, and I want you to put in the word, two words, market research, put in market research. When you put in market research, the article, Market Research and Competitive Analysis, is going to come up for you, Right? And when it does, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see something that says free small business data and trends. Again, free small business data and trends. And they have a whole chart here of resources where you can get statistics and information that can help you as you are compiling information for your industry, okay? They have resources for general business statistics, consumer statistics, employment statistics, income statistics, money and interest rate statistics, product um, statistics, trade statistics, okay? The other thing you may want to take a look at also, if you've never really researched it, go on Google and actually see if your industry, you do know what industry you're in, right? Because if you don't, this is the time to find out. See if your industry has a trade association. See if they have a trade association or if they have a um, a, a business association just for just for your industry. Why? Because many of the times, then the market research and competitive analysis has already been done. You you have to be a member to take advantage of it, uh, or they may charge you a certain fee. But a lot of the times, they've already been keeping up with the industry and, and and the way the industry is doing. So these are some things that you need to know and that you need to understand. But at the end of the day, when it comes to rebranding your business, right, when it comes to rebranding your business, you need to know why you are rebranding. Not everybody needs to rebrand. So I don't want you guys saying, well, Coach Trina said everybody needs to rebrand their business uh, since it's September. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that 
you, number one, haven't branded at all, okay, you know, uh, listen to the last broad, the previous broadcast. You'll you'll hear what I'm talking about with, with what does that, what does branding actually mean. But if you haven't branded at all or if you feel that your business could use a facelift because your listening audience is dying out, right, that that you are not getting the results that you used to get, then maybe it is time for rebrand. Now, one of the best ways to really look at rebranding overall is that I – I will tell you time and time again, I am not a marketing expert, but I am very knowledgeable about marketing and can get you on the right road so that you can then speak to a marketing professional, okay? But what I will share with you is that marketing is one of those things that you've got to stop trying to do it all by yourself and really let someone help you come up with a marketing strategy based on your budget and what it is that you're trying to do. And this is where people aren't putting their money in. And, you know, for the life of me, I don't understand it. But at the same time, you might have some fear about spending money because you're too worried about will you get results or will you not get results. Well, the only way you're going to know that, number one, is to do some market research on your own, is to attend some marketing classes, um, is to talk to some marketing consultants, uh, and, and really take a look at what it is that you need to do for your business. And don't try to just start marketing uh, or doing new rebranding strategies when you aren't really the marketing expert and know a lot about it because it requires you to be knowledgeable. And remember, the reason why you're letting other people help you is to shorten your learning curve and to grow your business at a faster pace. You're not trying to slow yourself down to go to learn everything there is to know about marketing, right? Very, very key that you understand that. So I wanted to just share that with you and, and uh, about market research and, and give you just some generalities about it. Don't forget to go to sba.gov. Click on the search tool in the top right-hand corner, put in the word market research, and they have some great marketing research um, resources that are there for you. I also gave you the website, semrush.com. Again, S-E-M as in Sam, Edward Mann, semrush.com, another good website, okay? Um, also, you know, as I said before, there are many keyword uh, tools that Google has that are free of charge that also allow you. But market research is one of those things is that you have to read about it. You have to understand how to get started with it. Um, don't think that it's something that you can jump right into, but yet it is something as the CEO that you need to strengthen your knowledge on, okay, in order to get the right people to help you with market research. So there you have it as we cover the theme, rebranding your business. Don't forget to share Successful Woman Radio with others who might need motivation, who may need a, a, um, a, a good information on starting and growing their business, definitely make sure that you share the show. I hope you have learned something that is going to help you to put it to use right away, and I hope that you have had some aha moments. Don't forget, ladies, you are the queen of your empire. You get to choose what you want in your empire. What assets do you want? Do you want properties? Do you want businesses? Do you want nonprofit organizations? What is it that you want in your empire? Because you, my friend, are certainly the queen. Don't forget, know your worth, 
Prepare your mind for greatness and know that whatever you set your mind to do, you can indeed make it happen. So make this week a productive week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.